If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the do. Hello, Michiana People Podcast listeners. This is episode 25 of the Michiana People Podcast. I can't believe I've been doing this for six months already. What a fun six months it's been. It's gone by so quick, and I really hope you enjoy the content that we're putting out. In this episode, I talked to Paul Erdman and Trey Gray from the Paul Erdman Band. This was a fantastic reform discussion, just like my discussion with Starheart. We talked about music. We talked about being tall and not playing basketball. Trey had a really really funny story about traveling with jewel just fantastic fantastic episode i had so much fun and we went a little long i was there for probably two hours so i actually didn't ask them to do a song afterwards because i'd already taken up so much of their time in the evening Uh, however i am putting a song up after this that we talked about called human nature i just ripped it off the cd i'd like for you to take a listen to it because it's one of my favorites listen to this episode and and I really hope you enjoy and understand the, the passion that both Paul and Trey put into their music and what great guys they are. I really had fun. Coming up, we've got Vala Marketing is hosting a Lunch and Learn at Mapletronics Computers in Goshen on August 26th from noon to 1. Grant is going to be talking about social media for business, how to use it, how to get people to see it, and how to get people in the door. So if you're in the dark about your social media presence and how it can help your business, this is a great opportunity to get a better understanding. Contest is still going on on my Facebook page. It's the top post. Just read that post and do what it says. It's basically share posts, like the post, and comment on the post. When you do all three of those, the post gets more visibility, and I get more people listening to the podcast and hearing great episodes like the one I put out today. Now, the prize for this contest is two tickets to see Starheart and the Paul Erdman Band at the Acorn Theater on August 28th at 5 p.m. This is part of their Emerging Artist Series. And the Acorn Theater is in Three Oaks, Michigan, just about 40-minute drive from Mishawaka, probably 30 minutes from South Bend. You get two tickets for that, $25 gift certificate to Journeyman Distillery, which is about 20 steps away from the Acorn Theater. And the Journeyman Distillery makes some great spirits and has great cocktails and also has a great restaurant. So you can get a drink and dinner before the show or after the show or however you want to do it. Okay, so by now you know I work for Mapletronics and you may think I'm biased, but I do know that we have some of the best IT engineers in the region. I put our knowledge up against anyone around, but that's not what makes Mapletronics great. Our ability to solve your IT issues with you instead of always selling you the expensive solution we think you need makes Mapletronics great. Mapletronics will find a solution for your business continuity, security, and productivity needs that fits your expectations. 
donations and budget. Check out mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana people for an absolutely free gift and explore the website to see what Mapletronics can do for you. And give us a call if you just want to talk to us about what uh, your business is doing and how IT is working within your business and how you can use it as a tool and how you can make it work better for you, then just give us a call. There's no cost to do that. Traditional advertising is dead. Radio, TV, and magazine ads are ineffective and everyone's interest has fragmented because the attention span right now is about a half a second. Vala Marketing will create a strong digital presence for your company using web development, content creation, search engine optimization, and social media. Say that three times fast. Their primary focus is growth. So if you haven't figured out how to get quality leads or potential customers in the door, you need to give them a call. As a special offer to Michiana People podcast listeners, Grant of Vala Marketing would like to provide you with some free information. A website, search engine, social social media audit to help you identify where you're at and where you can go. Give Grant a call at 574-606-6696 or shoot him an email at grant at valamarketing.com. That's V-A-L-A marketing.com. Also take a look at the new Facebook page. Grant put my branding together so everything matches the website website and did a great job with it and I sent him a message and he had it done in a couple days. So that's the kind of service you get from Vala Marketing. I really hope you enjoy this episode with Paul Erdman and Trey Gray from Paul Erdman Band. I really enjoyed it and I think I just think it's a great episode. So check it out and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Michiana People Podcast. I'm here with local Americana singer-songwriter Paul Erdman and one of the most sought-after drummers in the country, Trey Gray, in our studio in Mishawaka. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks so, for coming over. Yeah. <laughs> so the first time I saw you, Paul, was at uh, LaSalle Kitchen and Tavern. Mm-hmm. And I saw you because after I interviewed the youngsters from Letters from Earth, they said, you really need to talk to Paul Erdman. So... I wanted to see you first to make sure I liked you, and then my wife my wife saw you get up and said, well, he doesn't look like a singer, and then you started singing, and she said, boy, he's really good. So we met briefly, you and Trey, we met briefly mm-hmm. afterwards, and so I've been seeking you out ever since, and we are uh, talking... This is going to come out on August 15th, and we're going to be talking a little bit later about a show that you and Starheart are doing together at the Acorn Theater. Yep. But I wanted to first of all talk to you, Paul. So what what got you into music? I think boredom initially okay. and, and the, the uh, urging of my parents. Okay. Um, now, you are an Indiana guy, right? I grew up from basically from like third grade on. Okay. Um, but I was... My family's originally from Milwaukee, okay. and I was, I think I was like four or five, moved mm-hmm. from Milwaukee to Pennsylvania, and then around nine, ten, moved here from Central PA. Okay. Uh, my dad used to work for Harley Davidson, so okay, cool. they've got production plants in all those places. Uh-huh. And then at the time, Harley owned Holiday Rambler, which is, right. I don't even know if Holiday's still around now. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Harley owned. Yeah, they owned a bunch of. They owned like Utilimaster and Holiday Rambler, and they Smart, owned a bunch actually. of other yeah. other things other than motorcycles. Uh-huh. And, um, and then, like six months after we got here, Harley sold the motorhome. Maybe it was a little longer than that. I don't know. I was nine. Sorry. Yeah. Again, timeline. <laughs> Timeline's a little skewed back then. <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. So, 
So we and we 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 stayed here. Dad got another job. From, uh, went from motorhomes and RVs to uh, walk-in trucks and then boats and now he does signs. Um, uh-huh. But so third grade on, moved to the area. Okay. Um, but real early, my folks had had my brother and I doing like kids choir at church, and so we uh-huh. were singing there, and it was something that seemed kind of easy and sort of came to me at the time, and it was fun. Uh-huh. Um, so I kept up with that, and then. Middle school comes around, and you had to pick... Uh, I feel like I've told this story. It's very well rehearsed now. <laughs> um, you had to pick... At, in middle, going into middle school, it was like, are you going to do band, orchestra, or choir? Uh-huh. Uh, there wasn't the uh, the slough-off class where you watch Mr. Holland's opus and you know right. try to teach kids what a quarter note is or something like that. Uh-huh. And so I did choir because I didn't want to learn how to play any instruments. It's okay. like, oh, I can already sing. This is going to be, again, uh-huh. path of least resistance. <laughs> and, and uh, that sounds like me in school. Yeah, right. Uh, so I did a bunch of choir stuff and had done some like musicals and things at church and things at school and started getting some solos and started getting attention from girls. And yeah. right about that same time, um, Dave Matthews and John Mayer were like really, really big, yeah. being guys that just sang, played guitar, wrote their own songs, and uh-huh. the girls loved it. So I was like, well, okay, now I guess I need to. Up my game and right, so I got a guitar for my 16th, 14th birthday. Um, uh-huh. Got a guitar and an amplifier from Red's Pawn Shop in Osceola, and took lessons for a little while and hated it. Absolutely uh-huh. hated it because I was learning notes on a page and wasn't yeah. learning chords and I wasn't learning how to play songs. And I'm like six months into scales and playing rhythms and Mary had a little lamb and stuff like that. And I was like, this is dumb. So I shelved it, uh-huh. and um, and then a little while later, a friend of mine was over and like tuned my guitar up and was playing, and he was playing something real simple, and I knew the I knew a handful of chords, and I was uh-huh. like, I know that chord, and I know that chord, and I know that chord. It's like, and he's playing a song, and he's singing, yeah. and playing. I'm like, I must be like a week away from that. Right. I must be. I must be so close to being able to, uh-huh. to get that going. And so I got I got back into it, and right at the same time, my brother wanted to play drums, so. My dad took us out to one of the like the factory sales at Brasswinds. You remember those? Oh, yeah. have, you, have you been to one of those? Oh yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. They just have everything spread across the parking lot yep. on tables and like anything in this box is yep. five bucks. Right. And so I got a Wapel, and it's actually it's here. It's over there. Uh-huh. It's in the it's in the locker. Um, but I got my dad bought me a Wawa pedal for uh-huh. twenty five bucks and another guitar cable so I could plug it in. Cool. And. Um, between between those two things, between a friend of mine tuning a guitar, showing me a song, and then getting this wah wah pedal, all of a sudden it was right back up. Mm-hmm. And um, and my folks got me lessons, and I started taking lessons lessons from Southside Denny over at Hoosier Dad's Music. Oh, so, okay. And that was the first off, like the first thing he, after introducing himself, he's like, "What do you want to do? What do you want to play?" Uh-huh. I said, "I just want to play songs." Uh-huh. And I like this, and I like this, and you know it was mostly a, it was a lot of classic rock at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, and so we just started, and we were learning like blues shuffles, and he was writing out chord changes, and like okay, you know here's how you play this song and how you play this song, right. and showed me a chord sheet that just had the lyrics and the name of the chord written above the lyrics where it dropped, and I was okay. like, well this is easy, this uh-huh. is, I can I can do this, maybe not you know fast or playing any solos or anything right. like that, and so. That was kind of where where that all started, and six or eight months into lessons, and was listening to some a bunch of like Jimi Hendrix and Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan, and and then I heard 
Stevie's cover of Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix, and I listened to the song like four times in a row. Uh-huh. I've done that. Like, yeah. I love that and song. I just hit that yeah. point. Like, it's that song. That's the reason that I still play guitar. Uh-huh. That song right there. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Learning music and you're getting into the rock, what, what kind of pushed you to get into I mean, you're kind of on the countryside of Americana when I listen to you. What what got you in that direction? It was a it's a weird turn of um, influences that have all kind of warped around. Like like I said, it kind of stemmed initially when I first started playing guitar. Um, I had awful taste of music before I started playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it was just led by whatever everybody was talking about on like U ninety three, and it was uh-huh. all radio pop stuff. Now there's there's some things now that I appreciate. Like I liked the songs then because everybody liked the songs mm-hmm. and because they played them over and over. Right. And and now I go back and I listen to some of those things from that time, and I find a lot of merits. And we actually play some of those songs that that I I. I had to go away from and then come back and listen to them from a different perspective. Uh-huh. But tunes by like like the Wallflowers and Gin Blossoms and like some of these '90s bands yeah. that made some. They had some really killer songs and the production, the way they made the record with oh, yeah. all the tones and everything. It just sounds awesome. And I've yeah. you know now kind of come back. I think everybody kind of does that with their own generation, right? Right. Do you, you know? Oh yeah, um, and the Gin Blossoms. It's funny. Um, our quite a bit a different group live yeah. than they are than what they put on the album i mean mm-hmm. they're a little bit harder yeah and they i they kind of conform themselves into something that could be radio friendly sure. and and all that and it's funny i just this winter we went to visit my daughter and if you ever heard of the 930 club in dc mm-hmm. um grace potter was playing there and Grace Potter Nocturnals was kind of an Americana band, yeah. but she put out a self-titled album, Grace Potter, and it's very poppy. And I was not expecting to go into a rock show when I did it, but she right. was putting on a rock show. All those pop songs, she rocked them up. Nice. And she she did, obviously, it was right after Bowie passed away, so she did oh, some Bowie yeah. and some Stones and stuff like that, too, yep. and that, uh, that that was a great show. But to, to have listened to that album, I really liked the album, but it was, it was just pure pop, and the show was just 100% different. Nice. That, that was funny. When, when you talk about the songs that you write, I, I'll, I'll just lay it out here. I've been listening to your stuff since I knew I was going to do the interview. Yeah. And, <laughs> and oh, no. the, one, the one I want to ask about oh, is, oh. is uh, Human Nature. Oh. The message is pretty clear. I just kind of wanted to know where it came from. A lot of that stuff is kind of coming. It's, it's been retrospective. Okay. Um, about, you know straight strict personal life you okay know, there's songwriter you know artistic liberties and embellishments to make things sound a little pretty or a little more dark uh-huh. um yes but i mean a lot of them they're about me they're about the path that i've you know okay been down in the the short amount of time that yeah. i've been out and yeah wreaking havoc it's, um so i mean it's yeah. kind of a deep song i never really thought about it oh really like, okay yeah, it, never, it never was meant like to be like a, a deep but yeah, See, if it does, does. Yeah. that's what's yeah. so good about songwriting. Yeah, yeah. it makes everybody everybody feels differently. About yeah. yeah, well, when you listen when you listen to a band for the first time, and mm-hmm. you guys have experienced it when you you find this band that nobody knows about, and 
you hear them and they just hit you like the song was written for you. Oh, absolutely. It's like a treasure. Yeah, and absolutely. and and it's a little bit different now in this age because the internet allows you to get so much yeah. at one time. But you know, I grew up before the internet and when I found stuff, you know, I found like Talking Heads and yeah, right. Blondie and the Ramones and stuff like that. When I first heard it, it was like, oh my God, this is the best stuff ever. Mm-hmm. And you just want to tell everybody and all that. Right. And so that song that I heard from you was the one that was like, oh, this is a treasure. This is a little, this is a little <laughs> oh, nugget thanks, for man. me. That's and I liked it all, but that, yeah. was, that was the one that said, yeah, I, I feel like maybe he wrote that for me. And, and I obviously it did. We, re- we, we, we recorded that one for you. That was okay. the third time <laughs> that it's been... Yeah, I wanted to record that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't opinion. actually. Exactly. I think I wanted to. I was like, no, no, no. We've already done that because, like, I did um, with Chris. It was there playing. He's playing bass. Chris uh-huh. is like our utility. He's our Swiss Army knife. Uh-huh. Our Swiss Army man. Chris and I have been playing together for like eleven, twelve years on uh-huh. and off like that. We met in college, um, but four years ago when I moved back to the area and was like, we're gonna do a band. Before uh-huh. that, I'd always just been like a lead guitar player, side guy, right. singing harmonies and stuff. And like, I never had my own band or did my own thing. Uh-huh. Um, I was writing, but I wasn't like out actively pursuing it. Right. So when I got back, I was like, "Hey, man, we're gonna do this. Uh-huh. We're, gonna, we're gonna start a band, and I've got a bunch of songs, and I think they're cool, and I think we should do something with them." And um, I've, we had another buddy that played drums with us initially, and. Uh, had this group of songs and we kind of set out with the idea of we wanted to play we wanted to play out and the most lucrative and um abundant gigs out there are cover gigs Uh you know and they're three four hours a night in a bar you know playing cover material but it's like i think we can make something like this work where we you know we go out and do that and we'll be able to make some form of a living and you know hopefully pepper in some of our original tunes uh-huh. with the covers as the nights go on, you know, especially like when people don't know us. But then also yeah. be able to jump over and have a set ready, like if we want to go up to Chicago and play the Elbow Room or play someplace that's an original only or a showcase mm-hmm. or an opening deal, and we could go out and not promote ourselves or present ourselves that way as like a, as a cover band. Right. And, um, and so a, a real good friend of mine donated some studio time and, and we did four songs we did this this first EP mm-hmm. and none of us knew anything about like I we could write the song and we could play them but uh-huh. as far as like producing and like crafting it and taking it from like a band playing it at the Phoenix or in their garage or practicing it uh-huh. to like making it sound like something real on the record right you know we were just yeah swinging in the dark basically <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know at the time it, it did everything I wanted it to do it was a promotional item that I could hand to people it was something that we could monetize and sell Um, we could use it to get gigs at bars that were interested more in covers they could Mm -hmm. hear what the band sounded like and hear what I sounded like and then we could we could hand it to promoters and people that were working on original showcase things Um, it it sounds well produced to me well, no, this is okay. This is okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What you what you've got, and what you've been listening to, like that stuff. That's actually the my third record. Okay, my third EP. Um, the first one that would have been like, I think, fall of 2013. Okay, when that one was available, and I sold and gave away like 500 copies of that. 
and then never reordered anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, I did like a five or six, I think five song, like just acoustic thing. Mm-hmm. And um, recorded different way, different place, a little smarter, um, you know, had a little better idea of how to do this. And we just, for, for time and ease, went with something different, and mm-hmm. human nature got put on that one again. So uh-huh. it, it was on the very first one, it was on the second one, and, and then I w- when we started talking about doing this one, um, this most recent one, uh, I was like, nah, we've kind of, kind of hit, we've beat it enough, you know? <laughs> well, now I'm glad. And now Trey was like, no, no, we gotta do, the, do it, he said, he said, we gotta do it right. One yeah. Time. Paul, we got to do it right. Okay. So, all right, Not that the other ones were bad. No. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. I it's like, a, it's I, a lot I, cleaner. I really, really better. like it. Just as a side note, i got to ask, mm-hmm. did, did you play basketball when you were in school? <sighs> Man, no. Me neither. <laughs> I, I want to thank you for that. Yes. Because so when you, you're because <laughs> when you're tall in Indiana and you don't right. play basketball... Ah. It's almost like a law. Yep. And yeah. I had coaches like cornering me saying, all you got to do is stand under the basket and we'll let you do layups. And because yeah. I went to a tiny school, I went to LaVille High School okay. in Lakeville. Yeah. So, so it was, and I was the tallest kid in school and they wanted me so bad. And I was like, I just got n- no desire. I wasn't. Yeah. And the kid that was did play basketball uh-huh. so I think that's how I got, a, you, you I, got, I you got away, away from it, it. Yeah. It, it was rough for me a while some of the some of my friends parents were like snarling at me like why don't you play and I'm like I, I was like 165 pounds oh, soaking geez. wet yeah. at, at 6'5 so it, it wasn't going to be good <laughs> I couldn't walk 10 feet without tripping over myself so and a, a very late bloomer I could I think I could have been a very good six man on a varsity basketball team when I was mm-hmm. about 26 okay uh, right. so, <laughs> that's when I bloomed there you go I think I hit puberty then and uh. I was ready to go so. so you tried to go back and they went yeah back. that's a little creepy we're not yeah, you but that was definitely rough not playing ball at that point but uh, I, I'm just glad to see another tall guy that didn't yeah didn't, no. didn't go I played that. sports in middle school and then when I hit high school then it was the only thing other than uh, playing guitar that I was really passionate about, um, I went through this phase of like aggressive rollerblading. Like, okay. All the ramps and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did that in middle school and high school. Aggressive. Aggressive inline. Yeah. Rollerblading. <laughs> That's awesome. Chapman's got funny stories about all this. That's <laughs> awesome, man. That's awesome. So that was like the only sport beyond eighth grade that I kind of pursued. Right. But. I was getting hurt, and I was like, I'm going to bust my wrist, or I'm going to yeah. break my arm, or right. I'm not going to be able to play guitar, <laughs> and I'd rather play guitar than skate. Right, right. So, That's cool. I hung them up. I still have a pair of skates and a helmet. Yeah. But Be careful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't come out. So, Trey. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. sitting here with Trey Gray, who is... Wait, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I can't get over the what kind of inline skating? What was it? Aggressive. Aggressive. That's all we can talk about now is aggressive inline skating. <laughs> you weirdo. It's, e- it's either like the old roller skating movies, uh, yeah. uh, like Xanadu. Remember Xanadu? It's either like I do. Xanadu. I do. I remember, you know, and, you know chips and stuff back mm-hmm. in the day. Oh, yeah. They'd always be at the roller rink. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Always be doing something at the roller rink. <laughs> so, anyway, Trey, 
Yes. You are like one of the most sought after drummers no, in no, the country. No, no, yes, no. Yes, yes, No, never have been, never will be, but that's so, very sweet of you to say that. I mean, He's I've no heard who joy. you've drummed for. Uh, Faith Hill, mm-hmm. Brooks and Dunn, yeah. Jewel. Yeah. Funny thing is, I, after I talked to uh, Jake and Jess from Starheart, I was trying to figure out who Jess sounds like, and she does have a little bit of jewel sound to her, oh. except for hers is a little richer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, well, you know, Jess is my girlfriend. I, you, you know, know I, I kind of gathered yeah. that, but. Yeah. So uh, that's a little bizarre. So, so you These are you are a drummer who could pretty much write your own ticket. So uh, you can play for anybody you want to play for. I've been very you, you blessed. Can, you can work. I, I've been very blessed in my field. Yeah. Absolutely. So you got this guy Paul, who's this yeah. upstart musician yes. uh, that is just getting his feet wet, and yes. you meet him, and here you are today with him. What made that happen? It was actually uh, last week we celebrated our man anniversary, our two-year man anniversary. Uh-huh. Uh, I came home dealing with some family things, and when I got home, you know, people I. I've been in Nashville since '89, mm-hmm. um, and just because of the, well, I think my background and stuff and what people had knew of me in that time uh, from being in Nashville, so that I should check out this guy Paul Erdman. Uh-huh. And I saw at the music store at Sopping Music and stuff there was Erdman stickers, there were buttons, mm-hmm. and everybody was talking about Paul. Um, and then out of the blue one day you called. Yeah, I sent you a text. To me, text. Uh, I didn't even have drums here or anything. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh-huh. So I borrowed a kick drum and a snare drum and hats, hats, and we I went over to uh, Five Star, Five Star in Elkhart, and we immediately well, we had a shot and a beer, and then we immediately mm-hmm. we immediately that always uh, helps, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we immediately hit it off. I mean, from the, yeah. But I didn't, and I told him he had a drummer at the time, and I said, "Don't fire your drummer, you know, lest you know." Just be thinking about what you really want to do, and then mm-hmm. one thing led to another, and we haven't stopped playing since then. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah. When I saw you guys at uh, LaSalle, you definitely added to the show. Oh, I mean, thanks! Wow, well, it's I, easy when you have. I mean, when you're back in somebody like Paul, that's so good. Yeah, you just makes everything so much easier. Yeah, you know? and I'm yeah, more. I guess I'm a little. Yeah. I guess I'm a little bit more of a drummer nerd than I am any than I am a guitar nerd, and I really because my first band was The Who, and Keith Moon Keith, just yeah. just totally because he didn't play standard. Obviously, right, he didn't not. even know how to play when he started, right, so yeah. he just yeah. he just beat the crap out of the drums. But yeah. he really did it in an unusual fashion, and nobody's done it like that since. Um, I agree, yeah. But uh, so I got into it from there, and then Neil Peart, John Bonham, just the, all all those drummers, and then uh, we were talking before we started recording that when I finally met you for real, I remember seeing you at a lot of Billy Sticks Nicks shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Billy Sticks Nicks is a Motown drummer. He played with Junior Walker, yeah, and you He's know one of the guy. one of the last original Motown drummers still around yeah probably so and just he's seen everything and so my wife and i have been following him for probably about 15 years and hardly ever miss a show and i remember seeing you at a few of them so i thought, thought well, that i, I took i took uh, a few lessons from billy uh-huh. uh, 
he ridiculed me one time and I wasn't prepared. He said, <laughs> stop wasting my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, stop wasting my time and your time. You want to go play, go play. But don't, you know. He's very, he's, but he's a very sweet, sweet, yeah. sweet man. I love him to death to this day. Yeah. He talked uh, at, at one of the shows we were talking and he said that when he first started out as a drummer, he was playing like sock hops. He actually played some of the sock hops at Riley when my dad was there because they're similar age. And, and uh, he said he thought he was a pretty good drummer then. And then he, a few years into playing professionally, he decided he really wanted to really learn how to play and started studying under some jazz guys and, and really, really got his chops that way. And, and then he felt like he was a real drummer. Yeah, so. yeah. Boy, yeah. he's so cute. He's yeah. so sweet. He's yeah, so sweet. he's he, he's the best guy. Always thanks everybody for coming. Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. And uh, always recognizes my wife and I and whoever we've drugged with us. I'm always trying to get new people to see him because if you haven't seen him, then it's, it's something really special, especially the fact that like it's just it's around here. Oh yeah, it's local. Like you go to Hacienda. Yeah. yeah, and there's Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he also brings out amazing players with him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jim that plays bass for him only plays for him. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. he's the only one he wants to play with. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's. Uh, he I brought. Mean, he hired Chris for one gig. Yeah. yeah trio he, gig. he hired uh, quartet. Sorry, was there? Yeah. Yeah. For one of the Hacienda gigs uh-huh. last summer. Um, Chris ended up Chris subbed in and, and uh-huh. played a night with Billy. Yeah. But it was just the little it was his quartet. It what, wasn't the Motown. The Motown. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But it still had JQ that plays guitar with uh-huh. the Motown Machine. Yeah. Who's in my first band growing up. Yeah. Oh really? Uh-huh. Jason, me and Jason. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. So I started watching Billy when uh, Jim Alexander was playing bass, Sammy Curtis was on keys, and I can't remember the guitar player. Was it name. Denny? Was it? Was it? Denny played with him for a while. Really? I, maybe it was, just it was after house. Denny, but oh. before JQ. So, yeah, but just just a great band. So you guys have gotten together, and obviously, this is a pretty serious thing for you. I, oh, I yeah. saw that you guys went to Nashville and did a show recently. Yeah, yeah, we were there. Um, we played a showcase gig during CMA Festival, okay, which is the second week in June. Mm-hmm. And we went down, um, and we had to be back up here to play like the next night at six. Yeah, we made it. in Elkhart. <laughs> um, it was great. So what we you do. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah. So we played. Um, our set was like eight to nine. We got there pretty early to hang out and like mm-hmm. meet some people. We had a bunch of other friends that were on the showcase. And we're going to be around like yeah. CMA Festival and downtown Nashville like lower Broadway areas mm-hmm. it's just a, a madhouse it's like right. the fair you know the uh, uh, midway at the state fair uh-huh. times 10 um, it's just everybody's out there everybody's hanging out there's music going on everywhere there's right. there's stages set up in the middle of the street and it's all blocked off and then every bar has windows open door open mm-hmm. roll up front end whatever it is and there's a band right. or two bands or whatever there's music coming out of every single bar that is so um, cool. it's just it's really cool it mm-hmm. is it's really cool to walk around it's uh, if we're we're gonna go back and we're gonna end up doing something like this and then I'm we're gonna find a couple other gigs while we're down there and probably uh-huh. like make a point to stay and hang out because literally like we got there at three we hung out we played from eight to nine um, 
and we were back in the car leaving the city limits by 10.45. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we drove three hours north to my grandparents' house. This is awesome. Uh-huh. And um, got there about 3 a.m., crashed, yeah. slept till like 9, got up, had breakfast with my grandparents. Uh-huh. Yeah, lose, lose the hour coming back. Yeah. Um, got up, had breakfast. We were on the road again by like 11, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Drove straight back, got back to South Bend at... Four had time to shower and put the PA in the car, and then yeah. and then uh, Trey and I headed over to the place in, to Bacon Hill and Elkhart. That yeah, we played at it. it. And was great. We were there for downbeat six o'clock. Boom, yeah. that's a rock and roll life. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It really is. Yeah. Any any chance you would be on the bill at Americana Fest in September? Anywhere? Not unless there's a uh, you know a miracle that happens. Where is it? Okay. Is that Nashville? Yeah, that's uh, it's going on twentieth through the twenty fifth, I believe. Okay. But they they do it kind of like this, the CMAs, yeah. where they just got all the venues have stuff going on. Really? And they get big guys like uh, John Hyatt almost always plays. Yeah. Um, and my my favorite new band, Sons of Bill, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be there this year. Okay. And, Trying to talk my wife into doing the whole week. So sure. we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. If we're going to be it. down there. Um, we're doing a record release party at a bar called South okay. on September 30th. Okay. Yeah. So f- we got a Friday night that we're going to do a record release show. Starheart's going down and they're playing. They're opening the night, and then us, and then there's a, a, a oh, local cool. artist that's going to close the night. So when you talk about record release, that must mean there must be something coming up, right? There is. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> the desert thing. We've I been, feel like a veteran podcaster now. You're like my 23rd or 24th interview. Right. I'm, fi- I'm finally starting to get the cues. Nice. <laughs> I'm not buried in my notes. <laughs> yeah, you have a couple notes. Yeah. yeah. He's got it. Not even half a page. Well, That's I awesome. only I only do a couple bullet points because I'm so ADD that I sure. I, I get lost. So <laughs> I think you get really dry if you're just like, mm. all right. So we're gonna start down the questionnaire. Yeah. yeah. Question one. Name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Question two. Favorite color. Occupation. Awesome. Commando or no commando? <laughs> if no commando, preference. Press. Yeah. <laughs> Are you boxers or briefs? Um, I'm a boxer brief. I'm a boxer brief as yeah. well. I'm a boxer brief as well. All right. <laughs> All right. Yay. All right. Resounding yes. <laughs> yeah, we have a, uh, we've got what's going to be my fourth um, album record coming out. Uh, we're musically about 98.5% done. Yeah. We're waiting on one track to come back from... A gentleman uh, in Nashville by the name of Gary Morse. Mm-hmm. He uh, is a pedal steel player. Okay. He's played in, in Brooks and Dunn, played with Brooks and Dunn with Trey, and uh, played with Ronnie, and he's played with band. everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like going back to, you said he did like um, some of the Dwight Yoakam All stuff, early Dwight stuff with Pete Anderson, which is some of my yeah. favorite music. Uh-huh. I love that Bakersfield yeah. sound. Um, so we sent one track off to Gary to put some steel on, and then mm-hmm. once we get that back from him, um, edit, drop it into the mix, get everything to the same kind of level and feel sonically. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then musically it's done. Um, we've been... What's taken the longest in this project, we can record songs, 
and come up with uh, arrangements and all that kind of stuff and figure out pictures that we like. Naming uh-huh. the record uh-huh. is one of like that's been like proved to be one of the hardest. Because uh-huh. yeah, you don't want to be too cheesy. Hardest right. things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's and you got to make the funny thing is, is you got to make it Google friendly too. Yeah. That's it's, a good point too. Yeah. Point. yeah. Yep. You don't want to get lost in the shuffle. Right. I, true. I just told a story to another guy I interviewed, and he runs a marketing company, and mm-hmm. he's big into the Google yeah. search engine optimization and stuff like that. And a band that I loved in 1979, their, their name was called Off-Broadway. Okay. So their stuff is not in print anymore. They were like out of Milwaukee, and they, played, they were regional. They played oh, Chicago yeah. a lot. And I wanted to find one of their CDs, and so I'm Googling Off-Broadway, and obviously <laughs> the band's not. So I do Off-Broadway band, and bands who have played in Off-Broadway shows showed up. Yeah. Oh, wow. The people who played, it took it took me days to finally find them, and it was wow. on eBay. I finally found the, okay. the CD That's on eBay. Cool. I, sh- I should have went there first, but right. it's, funny, it's funny how the whole social marketing thing, mm-hmm. the social media and all that stuff, how that all plays a role, because... When I started the podcast, I told you guys my goal is not to go out and like make any money. I just want to talk to people who want to talk to me and get the word out. Right. So my goal is to hit that as hard as I can. So I want as many people listening to you guys talking as I can get. Yay. So in order to do that, i got to be on social media, which is not really natural for me. So I'm learning and learning what to put up and when to do it and oh, when to use Twitter, when to science. use Instagram. And he does it. He's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It really is. and you, It makes people come to you versus you advertising to them. That's yep. that's the big thing. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, the with, with the new album coming out, I'm going to segue into the next thing. Oh, there, nice. uh, We're going to talk about the showcase happening at the Acorn oh. Theater. Yeah. Great. On August 28th. Now, I think this is absolutely the coolest because I get to see Starheart and I get to see Paul Erdman at the same time. And some special. It'll be a little. It'll be special. It'll be yeah. Special yeah. Show. Yep. Get some surprise. Some surprise. Yeah. Some surprises happening. Okay. Yeah. And after I talked to Jake and Jess from Starheart, that was before I had been to the Acorn Theater. You've I'd been, been there to, since. I'd been to Journeyman's um, oh, plenty of times. But I've never been yeah. into the Acorn Theater. Are they sponsoring mm-hmm. your show? No. Is that why you said no. that? <laughs> they probably should. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely, definitely work for shots. That right. That would oh, not heck be a yeah. We, we yeah. have and we do almost yeah. every other night. <laughs> that was last night and the yeah. night before that. Uh, <laughs> but they, they mentioned how cool the theater was and they were doing that singer-songwriter competition. Mm-hmm. So Lisa and I decided, well, yeah. let's go. Yep. So we went, and I thought it was the nicest place. I mean, very the cool acoustics venue. are perfect. Um, the the ambiance of the venue is really cool. I don't know who made those stained glass stars that are hanging from the ceiling, but those are the neatest. Um, so you guys are doing, um, it's called the Emerging Artist Showcase, uh-huh. and they do that a few Sundays. times a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, on uh, Sunday? Yep. And that's uh, Sunday the 28th at 5 when it's, I, think I think it starts so. at 5. Yeah, that sounds right. Right. And then, uh, so both of you are playing, and I bet we're probably going to hear some songs that are going to be on the new album. Yeah, I mean, by that point in time, like, we, because we've got um, a release show scheduled already for the end of September, like, by that point in time, the album's going to be done. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, um, artwork 
wording, CD, uh, music, everything. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have to have pretty much send it off the next day for mm-hmm. you know in order to have it back in time to take to Nashville. And we're right. gonna do. I think we're we're it's it's tentative, but but we may end up doing our like because we're gonna do a local one too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we may end up doing the local one the night before. Okay. Up here in uh, probably maybe in Granger. Okay. Um, so that's going to be something to kind of look out for. We're still working cool. those details out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll probably play most of, or if not the entire like the new record. That one will get played all live, everything mm-hmm. off of the the previous one. And then there's, I mean, there's still a pile of songs back there that we we haven't tackled yet. Right. Or we you know we play live, but mm-hmm. as far as like putting them under the the microscope and yeah. fine-tuning them and giving them a twist uh-huh. um, we haven't done that yet now the new record are you going to put any of it on vinyl eventually i want okay. to um what i'm thinking yeah. is do a cd release um here for september and then like around christmas and oh, that's one of the things i got to talk to you about is basically doing like a deluxe version uh-huh. and and put it on put it on vinyl right so it'll have Everything that's on the record, plus yeah. there'll be some other things. We've got some other like artworky kind of things that are that we're tossing around, and, and maybe a couple extra songs on there, uh-huh. um, just to because it's you know vinyls vinyls expensive to get made first off, and, uh-huh. and if we're gonna do something like that, and it's gonna be you know more money obviously than a CD, I want to mm-hmm. make it worthwhile, right? You know, right. so somebody's like you know if some for whoever has bought the CD. That wants to hear it on that, like right. some extra, you know, some more bang for your buck, yeah, basically. Yeah. But I'm thinking I want to shoot for like Christmas time. Yeah, it's funny. That. My kids are 22, and Jesse is 26, and I don't have a turntable anymore. I'm going to get one yeah. because I'm putting I'm putting together a podcast studio now, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to get mine to look cool like Justin's. There you and go. <laughs> I'm put, putting one together and I think I'm going to get uh, a turntable and a nice amp and stuff. But both my kids have turntables. There you go. And man. they're both big into violence. Yeah. So yeah. Where are you going to get your turntable from? I, I don't know yet. you got to okay. go to Rumor Has It up oh, yes, in Niles. Yes. Rumor Has yeah, It in Niles? Okay. That's, that's, okay. Uh, Matt and, uh, and my brother are the ones that, that run that store. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, They'll take care of you. Okay. Carl's taller than him. He is. Like my minutes. younger brother is. is yeah. yeah. My younger brother's taller than me, too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I feel so short in this room. <laughs> That's why I lowered the chair. Five yeah. eight never felt so good. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the showcase happening on the 28th. Obviously, this is going to probably be one of the coolest nights. I mean, I've, I've seen Starheart play. I've seen you play. Mm-hmm. Having both of you together yeah. um, is nice. just going to be really, really neat. Um, I, I expect that that theater is going to be full, but I'm going to do everything I can to help you fill yeah. it. Yeah, so, thanks. Thank um, you. Appreciate that. The last thing I want to ask is, Trey, you've been, you've been on the road with all these bands. <laughs> oh, no. Just give me one story. Uh, uh, what kind of try, story? Try to make it like PG-13. And, and I, uh, you don't have to mention names. Uh, so, so, something something funny, something weird something weird funny. that happened on the road. Uh, okay, this is weird. Okay. I mean, just weird. Uh, in 2002, my first trip to London. In 2001. <laughs> 2002. Uh-huh. Yeah, my first trip to London. Um, uh, Jewel invited us up to her suite, mm-hmm. and it was actually there were two suites up top of this hotel, two penthouse suites, 
At the time, Russell Crowe, the actor, was getting all those death threats, so there was like a security uh-huh. detail around him. Uh-huh. But I didn't know who was at the, I had no idea, but, so we go to the, we go, we get up to the penthouse level, and there's a, a guy there, you know, like almost like Secret Service yeah. going, you know, what are you, what are you here for? We're like, uh-huh. we're in Jules' band, which is me and the band leader, musical director at the time. So they go, okay, what's your names? And then, okay, so we go to Jules' place, and then there's a knock on the door, and Russell Crowe comes in, and like, uh, not like Adidas track after they but like, just like the, the old man's, like, it looked, I remember, oh, okay. sweats, and just like this white kind of With the elastic shirt. at the bottom. Yeah, that's yeah. what it seemed like. And he comes uh-huh. walking in, and he goes, hey guys, and he, he just had, he gave Jewel a book of poetry that he liked. He oh, found. wow. It was just bizarre. Yeah. Right? To see, you know, this larger, and then he actually came out to a couple of shows after that. He was really a nice guy. Uh-huh. He's a musician, so he really, uh-huh. right. Him. Yeah. So that's kind of, that was kind of a quirky. That's really story. cool. But now, then, I have tons of stories, but. Now, Jewel yeah. seems like one of the most down to earth superstars that you could ever Amazing, meet. yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. She seems to have a real sense of humor she's, about the whole business. Oh, and that's, that's the thing that, and I think he's like this too. And so are Jess and Jake. Actually, he's not as bad as, definitely not as bad as Jess and Jake. <laughs> but they're so, like, she's, and Jewel is so dry. Mm-hmm. And like, when Jewel says something, She's mm-hmm. biting on herself, basically. Yeah. But DJs, and, you know, program directors would always go away like piss and stuff, and they, okay. they would not get it. Uh-huh. You know, she's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, the O three O four album was a joke album about right. society at that yep. particular time. Uh-huh. You know, and everybody took it. Oh, she's you know, nothing serious about <laughs> it. She was slapping everybody in the face when uh-huh. wake up. So, and Jake and Jess, you know, they've been they're siblings. Mm-hmm. So try getting in a room with them, yeah. all of them. They, yeah. they call it being Borowski. Yeah. You never. <laughs> you don't know what his dad, yeah. dad comes in, and he's so. We're like, cutting a track. Uh, we we started recording this new record at um, the house that, that Trey and Jess are in now. Um, it was empty. It was yeah, it was open. empty. Uh-huh. Jake Jake was moving out, and I think he was moving to moving downtown. Yeah. So they, you know, they're and they're moving Jess and and her boys down closer because they were up in Michigan. And, mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna sell that house, and you guys come down here, and this is closer, and it's yeah. a little more space, and everything. Right. So there was like three months where nobody was in the house other than this big thirty-five pound cat named Taylor. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's like a walking anvil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taylor's awesome. Poor little guy. He went to the store or uh, yeah. the, the company, the yeah. office, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so we're they this juice is up for uh, Mike Kyle that plays keys and engineers all these records, and he and Trey co-produce and make this just these awesome records that sound like they should be coming out of you know any you know pick a big studio in uh-huh. LA or Nashville or the big town, but no like this came out of a living room, right? I was like in Mishawaka, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the letters from Earth record. That's that's Trey and Juice. Um, The the one that Starheart did last year. That's Trey and Juice. What Uh you've got the our our album that one. That's that's the two of them. Uh, Half of that was with uh, recorded with Juice, and the other half was um, recorded at Kickstart Studios. Our buddy Mike owns in Mishawaka. Um. (laughs) Hey Rapillo. Yo. Hey, say something dirty about Rodney Atkins. You're on a live podcast. (laughs) Oh, say something dirty about him? Yeah. Uh, uh, say something dirty about him. Um, he, he loves himself some, some... Okay, we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> Bye, I love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
guys. So that was right. Kevin oh, Rapillo, okay. um, who plays drums, and he's the band leader for Rodney Atkins. Wow. Man. Yeah. One of my best friends. Um, so the Sweetheart. house. So the house. So mm-hmm. so we did, there was Starheart stuff, LFE stuff, and, and then we started the, basically we got all the, the bed tracks mm-hmm. for the new record done this spring yeah. at this house over by Penn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we just finished tracking a bunch of guitars. It was like the morning of guitars. Uh-huh. And we've got four or five different tube amplifiers that are turned up to kill. Uh-huh. I mean, like, they're, they're it just... Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, they were, they were dimed out. It sounded so good. We yeah. all had ear protection, even, like, while we're cutting, uh-huh. in addition to the cans that we're listening through. <laughs> we're like, it's only going to be, like, maybe, you know, maybe 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Come sometime when we record. It's really, um, uh-huh. it's really fun. So we knew we were loud, and and it was school was still in session, and it was probably like eleven thirty. So we're, you know we kind of figured like okay everything's gonna be cool. Yeah. During the day. During the day. Yeah. Not at night. Middle of the day. We, we'd stop by. Kids are gone. Right? Yeah. We'd be respectful. So we've we've <laughs> gone like an hour and a half of just playing at eleven, uh-huh. and we're all feeling really good. Like man, we got good. The tone's good. The takes good. The track's good. Like everybody played the right stuff. Uh-huh. Like, this is gonna be killer. And in walks Jake and uh, and, and Papa Borowski, mm-hmm. and he comes in with this like, and Jake Jake was just kind of deadpan, like you know, straight face, nothing. He mm-hmm. goes, "Hey guys," and then went off to do, went like, downstairs to get something. Yeah, for Taylor, like Jake yeah. is. Jake is very, you know. <laughs> and he stoic. comes in, and so so Papa Borowski comes in, and and he's got this real somber, like almost pissed off, disappointed dad look. Uh huh. Guys, what are you doing? Getting calls. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got neighbors pissed off about, you know, they're going to call the cops. <laughs> what What are you doing here? What, uh-huh. what is What is all this? And we all froze. Uh-huh. Four grown men froze <laughs> because dad was coming down. I was, uh, I was doing a man thing in the bathroom, by the way, while this was going uh-huh. down. Uh-huh. <laughs> And well, that yeah, that made it even worse. The fact that like this is Trey's girlfriend's house, uh-huh. and Trey's not here right now. He's not in the room. It's uh-huh. it's me, it's Juice, and Chris, and yeah. it's like three guys, and none of us had ever met him before. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. So we like froze. I just froze, and uh-huh. it was this this awkward. 30 second pause uh-huh. of amps just going yeah, yeah. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Smoothed it over. Oh, yeah. All right. He's so all right. funny. He's just like Jake, Jake and Jake. They're all like that. Yeah. yeah. My wife uh, met Jess and really took to her. She got in the car. I really like her. So She's uh, sweet. Yeah. They're, yep. they're yeah. very sweet. They're very nice people. Yeah. They're yeah. Just... One of the things I asked them, and it really goes true for you, is how does it feel to hear everything you hear on the radio and know what you made is better than that and that's oh. it, it's kind of and I didn't I told Jake I didn't want to pump him up too much and I think he took it and he, I think he liked that yeah because it really a, a lot of the stuff you hear on the radio is very I guess overproduced there's oh, so absolutely. many yeah. there's so yeah. many hands in it yeah that um that it's it's hard to tell well, who really flat. is behind it's it. Yeah. yeah, it's a little flat. Now, yeah, but. and when I listen to a lot of the local stuff, LFE, I listen to you, I listen to Starheart. It just feels 
real. And, yeah, well, that's, and, what, that's great. I think that's the biggest compliment. Right? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that I think that means the next album just going to go crazy. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. really really good. Yeah. I mean, really, it's, yeah. it's that's why also we haven't rushed it out. Yeah, we could have, but then we really second. We almost like looked after the things. after the week of like putting down, of like tracking, mm-hmm. and everything was just everything was flat. Nothing was touched. Nothing was EQ'd. Nothing was mixed, and nothing mm-hmm. was edited. Because mm-hmm. because typically like what we've done for for these last two records, because we were we kind of have the luxury. I mean, you're you're here in this is Trey's place. This is our studio. Mm-hmm. This is we can come in here and we don't have we're not there's you see there's no clocks. Uh huh. There's not a clock. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Because um, that kills it. Uh-huh. That kills it, especially if you if you are you know going like at an hourly rate. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about that, so we can take that extra time mm-hmm. without without like getting super 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 critical and like going back over and over and over and over and over again, uh-huh. like trusting that like Which we won't do anyway. Yeah, right. do that. Yeah, so we there's the want to do that. We like we're, no, uh-huh. we're done. Mm-hmm. So you know, being able to take that time when we start tracking, we just kind of throw everything. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. 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 Right. And putting all these different parts and layers and textures. And uh, and then one of the things that that Trey does so incredibly well is editing. Mm-hmm. So Juice will do a lot of you know Juice will kind of especially like while he's if he's engineering while we're playing, mm-hmm. he has the track almost mixed. You know he's mm-hmm. got, as far as like the EQ and some of the and right. effects and those kinds of things. He's he's got it almost mixed by the time you're done playing. Wow, he's he's that fast. Mm-hmm. He's and he's. Like it usually take it'll take one of us longer to kind of reset to play it again if we mess up than it will for him to go back and have uh, have the track armed and ready to fire. Right. So we we just put everything we want to like okay well I want to try this guitar here and this guitar there and this part this and this and this mm. and this and the same thing with Trey and like well we're gonna do some we're gonna reinforce the kick drum here and there and so we're gonna do another take with the kick drum but this time we're gonna change a mic or we're gonna put um, delay on it or uh-huh. something weird. Um, same with the keys, same with vocals. Um, like one of the tracks on this this new record, um, a song called Home Address, which we're playing, and it's so different from where it started. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When we started, we did this. It had had this real, um, a, a very, I don't know how to how to describe what that thing sounded like initially. We had choir vocals in parts uh-huh. that. Trey sang and Juice sang and I sang and Chris sang and my wife sang and Jess was on. Our buddy Mm -hmm. Nate Butler from Shiny Shiny Black was on it. That's going to be a future interview. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. there it is. The aha, boom. Maybe next week. Um, yeah, he's the nice guy too. Love him. And and we had three or four. My my buddy Grant Reif that has been kind of like a songwriting partner of mine. Grant was down in the area, and and I said, "Hey, swing by." And while he was there, we we threw him on. So we had, and then everybody doubled their parts. So it wasn't right. just like there was one track per voice. Mm-hmm. There was all of a sudden there's like twenty tracks of vocals going, oh, uh-huh. you know, in this big choral harmony thing. Uh-huh. And we had three or four different guitar parts that were going on, mm-hmm. and it was, like a movie. it was like a movie. Yeah, it it started that way, yeah. and the drums like. I've got, there's a quick video on my Instagram feed from the day that we did the drums, mm-hmm. and so there's one track of Trey just with 
a tambourine, and it's just the whole thing. So it's just that on a microphone, mm. and then there's another one with these big, huge sticks that look like a you know, brooms playing uh-huh. a snare drum thing. And then for the bass drum, instead of like playing the snare drum and the bass drum together, he sat on the front side of the bass drum with a big mallet uh-huh. and hit the bass drum. Uh-huh. So there's a video. There's a video of him like. <laughs> Prepping and prepping and prepping and counting and counting and counting and then finally one hit on the bass drum. Uh-huh. He stops and goes, let me do it again. <laughs> so we, it, it's all of these things. Yeah. And then after the, um, you know, af- we go through and we've got all this guitar stuff and extra bass stuff and um, start whittling it down and like trying to, you know, at that point in time, well, we, record, we recorded all this stuff. Now let's figure out what the song actually needs. Mm-hmm. Trim the fat. I call it trim. Right. Yeah. Right. And I take it. Uh-huh. Yep. And then it's, you can never get it back. You want as much as you can on there. Right. You can always take it away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I'll take it for a couple days. And then, then I give it back to them and say, did I do too much? Is mm-hmm. this okay? Do you like the way this is going? Mm-hmm. And usually we're all pretty much on, on point. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, uh, and then we shape it a little more. Yeah. And not, and not just musically. Mm-hmm. You know, what instrumentation wise, right. instrumentation wise, and then dynamically, right? Or dynamically, right. right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So this thing went from being really, really big, but almost like monotonous big. Like the whole uh-huh. song was like big, start to finish, mm-hmm. and cool. I mean, it was it. It sounded like yeah, like very much like a movie kind of thing, right? And what what made the final cut is a very, very simple. Yeah stripped down version of that mm-hmm. that makes the story and the the emotion of the lyrics of what the song's about uh-huh. come to the forefront. Right. Because I think at one point in time we had it was way more about like musically what was going on. Uh-huh. And, and you know. the song is too good. Yeah. Right. And as a producer you gotta look at that and go, wait a minute. You right. Know, are we doing all this because the song is part of my expression shit yeah yeah because a lot of guys that's what they do right you know, they add a whole bunch of stuff because it's a bad song right well, right no, this is overproduction on the radio yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, but this is a, a far out great great tune yeah and it was getting overshadowed by 16 guitar mm-hmm. parts and you know triple bass parts and you know 26 vocals, vocals. Yeah. right and it was cool at the moment yeah but uh yeah, yeah, I mean that's what we do, but we always that, do it. Yeah, yeah, that really shows. I'm you're kind of a young guy. That shows some maturity that you. No, you it's bring. very, it's hard. It, uh, and he doesn't like it at first. Yeah, I think I think now as we've worked together the last yeah. couple of years, but the first when he was getting ready to do that acoustic album. Yeah, and uh, he said to me, and we were him and I, are brutally honest with each other, uh-huh. only yeah. because we love each other so much. Right. And we don't want it, we want it to be right. Yeah. Right. If I'm wrong, great. Just tell me. Mm-hmm. If he's wrong, he's like, just tell me. Right. But at first, we had to make, get that trust going. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's going to do this record. I'd already recorded the whole thing. And he wanted to add, you know, and they were, they were doing like 16 microphones on every, you know, it was very more than I'm like, dude, I, I see you sitting and talking to people and playing. Mm-hmm. You know, put a mic up. Do it that way. And two mics up. Sing a mic and, play, and do a, do a record right, like that. Yep, right. Like a, here's here's a pocket of Paul right now. Right. That's close and right. personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's look. He's Paul. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him do it? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. You know the one thing, and I told you this. The best thing about Jewel was well, not, well, we yeah. do we do like six songs. Mm-hmm. Our concert would be six songs. We go off stage. She would do five or eight, depending on the crowd. She would do anything they want. Mm-hmm. Songs. And we came back on, and every time during those five, we're like. 
she really doesn't need us. Mm -hmm. It's really, I mean, suffice to say, Paul's the exact same way. Right. And he goes, I'm going to do a couple, bring you guys back on. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul's got it. Right. I mean, there's no doubt Paul's got it. Right. All right. So why interfere with that? Mm -hmm. So when you get too many people in the pot going, well, let's do it. You know what? No. Put mm -hmm. two microphones up. Yeah. Paul's got it. He's right. an artist. He's a true artist. Yeah. You know, we don't, you know, we don't cut the bullshit. Yeah. And it, you did. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't trip you guys. I thought it was crazy, I think, at first, but yeah. it was cool. Did what? Yeah. You didn't want to do it. I did. Uh, <laughs> what about a stereo mic? No, yeah. I don't want to know. I know, I don't want a stereo mic. I want, I want a condenser and a vocal mic. Uh -huh. And play. Play yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. Have a couple of shots if you need to, but play you because you're good, man. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Right, right. That's how it went. Sometimes when you want to go big, you just need to listen to a little bit of Joe Walsh, and then well, and you know, and less a, is bigger. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's that yeah. is, and I never, I never knew that. Yeah, and he's he's me when I was thirty years old. Yeah, you know, and not, I mean, I wish I could write and do that. I yeah, mean, playing drums. Yeah. yeah, I was so yeah, I had a little bit of talent. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to make a record or anything. You know, mm -hmm. people are sure like, no, no, I got to do it. And then they're like, but he's smart enough to listen. I listened, mm -hmm. so we just keep progressing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. Less is definitely yeah more. It, it's, it seems like, especially in in the niche that you're at, mm -hmm. the the and Americana is all encompassing. It, you know, it can be anything from power pop to yeah. straight up country. But that the more stripped down seems to resonate with those types of fans a little bit more, uh, and it does with me uh, when I when I listen to something that isn't doesn't have all the extra stuff. I want to hear the guys in the band. Yeah. And I want to hear, I want to be able to hear the lyrics right. and Absolutely. good music. The funny thing is, is you're kind of playing to an audience that will actually buy a CD. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and that really helps it does. Um, because it helps pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And you're playing to an audience who will pay a cover to come see you, too. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's another big plus. Yeah. But yeah. we don't have I, this, like the show that you guys came to at LaSalle. It was mm -hmm. it was a three hour gig, and we've got enough material, like original material, that we could we could probably fill that between me doing some solo stuff, mm -hmm. us as a band, like we could fill three hours worth of yeah. original songs. Yeah. But all three of us, and 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 when it's been a four piece or a five piece band, like all of the all the people that are in this group, this family, this club. Um, yeah. We've all worked professionally um, on so many different levels as far as just being, you know, not so much in the original band business, but being in the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. And and everybody everybody gets that like there's there's a lot of satisfaction in playing your own your own material mm -hmm. and putting out our CD and and yeah like we sell CDs we we'll you know we have t-shirts we do hats and stickers and all those kinds of stuff mm -hmm. and that stuff like we don't do right now we we don't do a lot of touring so we're able to make the money that we need to to live mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis from right. the gig and from the tip jar mm -hmm. um, and and all that merchandise money just goes back into the pot to make more right you know so we sell these CDs so we can make another CD yeah, yeah. Um, and Paul we've got Paul's got amazing fans yeah mm -hmm. and so everybody's fan, so supportive and yeah, they're, they're super super very cool yeah. sweet we love them it, it's yeah. it, it ends family, up being this family, family thing yeah. and and that kind of that carries over to the to the show and like the way that we approach that three-hour gig, knowing mm -hmm. that we could, 
get off and just do our own thing the whole night long. Uh-huh. But but then you don't grow fans or people. You know, there are there is a lot of people that not that they're against anything new, culturally, musically, ideologically, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's presented or wrapped in something familiar and old, then it's a you know it's a yeah. whole lot easier to swallow. Yeah. And so that was where we kind of came into this idea of like, you know, we've all, Chris and I both have, have done theme park gigs, which are all cover, they're high energy. Uh-huh. He and I, well, I did theme parks, Chris and I both worked at, um, for Cruise Line. Okay. And again, it's all cover material, it's all high energy, it's all, you know, good feeling and uh-huh. just get people, you know, it's stuff that's familiar to people. Right. Trey playing with the artists that he has, and then like everything else that he's done you know between like yeah he's got three big gigs but he's also had all kinds of other very successful cover bands playing rock band you know mm-hmm. stuff playing music that people already know yeah and um and it, it doesn't hurt it's not a bad thing to get name recognition by playing some covers yeah so when the album yeah. does mm-hmm. when the album does hit then yep. they, oh yeah i would like to hear that so but we've able you know we know we understand that going into a place like most of those places, you know, LaSalle Kitchen and Five Star Dive Bar, and, mm-hmm. um, and even some of the places that we play out of town, that they're, they're still bars, and it's people that are in there to have a good time, and, and it's, about, it's about us, and it's about us playing and doing the music and making the music that we want to, but it's also about them. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, like, if the people aren't there, and if the people don't spend money, then the band can't get paid, and then the right. venue doesn't need to have a band. Right. So, right. so we have to be salesmen in that regard, right. in an effort to do that, um, to get people to come out. So, we take requests. Um, mm. We know a lot of songs. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we do. We'll just take another spin um, and say, well, let's let's try this song that, like, you know, maybe we've played a million times the the right way, the correct way, the yeah. original, you know, how it is on that record. Uh-huh. Like, well, let's try something else. Yeah, you know, let's let's play this a little bit differently. Let's play it a different way. Um, I inevitably. You always do it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so like when I t- and or if we like learn something new, like hey, let's add this song to the to the to you know let's play it tonight. And these yeah. guys like we don't do a lot of rehearsing. Um, I'll send them like some YouTube links or something and be like, hey, you know this song? It's like no, I don't know that song. I was like, okay. Here's a YouTube link to a live version. I want to yeah. do it kind of like this, yeah. but I also want to change the key yeah. and I want to like. That's why what every listen yeah. is like, dude, you're going to do whatever you want. <laughs> but my brother said something which was interesting. We played at my brother's lake house. Cooch! South of Indy. Yeah. Mm. There's probably 200 people there. Yeah. I used to be On their boats. Um, mm. But then I stayed over another yeah. day, and the people were coming up going, I think we already got booked for next year, but they were like, the thing is when you told us, when you threw an original song in there, it didn't mess with the flow of anything. Yeah. yeah. It sounded like an album cut of somebody. Yeah. Right. It, like it wasn't Oh gosh, this must be an original because it sucks. It uh-huh. was really that. That sound. That sound like right. You know, yeah, Joe right. Walsh. That's not Joe. Oh, yeah. That sounds yeah. like a Tom. It, it well, might have been a Tom Petty song or a Springsteen right. song, They're right? Because like, that was when we start picking like the covers that we do on a regular basis. It's it's a lot of it's recognizable, but there are some album cuts. You know, there are a lot of album cuts that we play, but we find stuff. Right. You know, from. Uh, from artists that we like mm-hmm. you know the stuff that we like and the things that we like to play and this is kind of how we do our own songs right. you know so we, we stay we kind of stay that way or then we'll take something that's totally out of what we would normally do mm-hmm. 
and change it completely. Right. Like Prince passed away this spring, and we're like, well, we need to have, mm. we need to add a Prince song. Yeah. That's a three-piece Americana country <laughs> blues band. Like, uh, what are, what what are, are you, you going to do? Yeah, 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 we're not doing Purple Rain. We yeah, can't. Yeah, well, and, I mean, Purple Rain's another story into itself. Like, there's yeah. just so many just, people that not doing it have yet. played it. It's yeah. It, it's probably it's the most popular one. Yeah. And and there's a lot of bands that do great jobs with it. And Absolutely. then we've heard it. We've heard it butchered too many times. Yeah. yeah. Like Feingold, who. Feingold's got a great version. Oh, of yeah. Guess what? Yeah. And it's like, touch, yeah. 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 I'm not going to play it any better than he does. No. Yeah. Especially yeah. getting into the solo stuff. There. No. So, no. Yeah. No. So, we, we're like, we're like, what can we do that's going to be, like, recognizable that people are going to know, you know, but how, okay, we got to make it, got to make it cool. Hmm. We don't have horns. Um, Trey's playing a stand-up drum set with two <laughs> drums, so there's uh-huh. not, like, all of this extra stuff, and Chris isn't going to... Grab a five-string bass and pop and slap. So okay, uh, all right, cool. Well, all right, I'm listening down to some stuff. I'm like, and I'm looking at lead sheets for some of these tunes. And I roll past Kiss, mm-hmm. and it's like, this is basically a blues. Oh yeah. Or a bluegrass song. Yeah. That's what we're, uh, yeah. So we do Kiss as, yeah. as a like a yeah. breakneck bluegrass yeah. song. It's killing everybody. Loves and we still it. hit the stop at the end of the verse, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I play the right chord. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you ever hear uh, Hindu Love Gods do Raspberry Beret? No. That was a band with uh, REM minus yeah, know, Michael Stipe and Warren Zevon, <sighs> and they did Raspberry Beret, and they just did it as a just a kick-ass rock and roll there, song. Yeah. yeah. Very so, heavy drums on that one. Nice. Yeah. 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 They, they that so yeah you can you can do yeah. uh, Prince songs a lot of different ways. So for at, you know at first we were just we were peppering in, you know we put the first CD out and mm-hmm. then play three tunes that everybody knew, mm-hmm. and then I'd play Human Nature, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd play Human Nature and we'd do it as a band and or whether it was a solo gig for me, mm-hmm. bang 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 bang, Human Nature, bang 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 bang, and uh-huh. play like three more recognizable tunes and then after like a couple of gigs you know the people some you start to meet some people and they see you at different places like oh i really like that that last song that you played you know that other one that you played harmonica on it was human with, nature with, something with the two yeah. different faces yeah you know. that one i don't it's remember like, hearing that anywhere who, who song yeah. is that it's like well that's my song uh-huh like really you know and then i was like well at the time i before the record is like well we're working on a record it's going to be out mm-hmm. i'm going to have it available and and then it was a nice segue, and it's like you know, okay, well, there's ten more dollars that goes into my pocket, and, right? And that whole thing, and um, so that was like that's four years ago, mm-hmm. three and a half years ago, and then you know we've been playing very, very steadily, very, very regularly around the area and trying to branch out, and and now we get to the point where like not only do we get requests, you know, for our own songs, but we're actually mm-hmm. getting like people throw cash in the jar like a like a real request uh-huh. you know not just like somebody from the back of the room shouting out Freebird right you know <laughs> somebody <laughs> see yeah. yeah oh yeah um, numerous occasions yeah uh-huh. as have we <laughs> so you know now we get somebody that comes up and they put ten dollars into the tip jar mm-hmm. and the tip jar goes to the band the tip jar is separate from the merch kind of right. thing right but they've also already bought the CD or they bought the hat or they bought two CDs or whatever right and they're and they're they're still showing support and now we get people that request it mm-hmm. um last year there was one night that's like 
probably my I've ha- I have had so many good times at LaSalle Kitchen. Mm-hmm. So many great times at LaSalle Kitchen. There's one there's one evening from last year that like particularly stands out. Mm-hmm. It's a really good show. I think it was the four of us. Mike DeHaze was playing bass, and um, somebody wanted to hear uh, "Human Nature." Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's the told song. you it was good. Yeah, I did too. See, that's why I had to be done right. I told that but too. We we were able to. We actually dropped out in the chorus. And there was enough people in the room singing it back to us. Oh, like man. Like, you could hear it. Yeah. That's a cool feeling. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Which was so awesome. Yeah. So, that was that was the first time that that, that that's ever cool. happened. And it happened at LaSalle. Yeah. LKT. That band I'm infatuated with, Sons of Bill. I've mm-hmm. seen them live four times. I saw them in Richmond, Virginia. They played Ignition Music. And then they played um, Shubas in Chicago. Okay. And they played Ignition music the next night, and I was at both nights. And the the cool thing about Ignition is bring all your merch to Ignition yep. because you're going to sell it. And Israel Nash was opening for him both mm-hmm. nights, and um, he really blew me away. I really liked him, but um, I didn't buy any merch in Chicago. And I went up to his table at Ignition. He was like almost out, and he yeah. was like freaking out. I was like. Dude, this is merch heaven. If you ever come back, bring all of it. Right. And because everybody sells out. Yeah. I saw Elephant Rescue there the first time, and they mm-hmm. they completely sold out. And it was uh, that's that's a that's another good spot to play. Yeah, we played there last year. Yeah, we mm-hmm. um, for a Canadian band, New Country Rehab. Yeah, it was a good show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good show. And and yeah, we pretty much after that gig, we were we were <laughs> very 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 low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the neat thing is, is when you play there, it's people who are definitely paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's, it's it not. Weird. It's not a bar atmosphere where no. everybody's talking. They are totally zoned in. They were glued in, and yeah. um, they had, they had seats. There was like no dance floor. There yeah. was no room for people to, and like yeah. there wasn't any standing room other than like way in the back. Yeah. And from the stage, the way they do the lights, like it's it's bright enough, like being on, you know, it's it's a real stage. Yeah. And and you can't see past the lights, but what mm-hmm. you can see are the first like two rows of folks that are sitting there with their their hands folded or their legs folded across, yeah. and their their hands on their laps, and some of them are smiling, some yeah. of them are like kind of straight faced in that like I'm I'm intently listening yep. mode, yeah, and um, it was. It took a little while for us to get used to that. It, it was it, a little off-putting yeah. at first. We're like, yeah. "Are you guys? Is anybody having fun? Yeah, anybody? You know?" And then it's 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 very quick applause after the song's yep. over, but it's not very long applause. Yeah. And then everybody shuts up and they're ready for the the next song. Oh yeah, and um, and we try. I mean, we try not to like let moss grow between tunes. Yeah, but we're not necessarily we're not the quickest band. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Part it's it. definitely an yeah. intent listening audience. I when I saw Sons of Bill the first time there um, was the second time I saw them, mm-hmm. and I totally embarrassed my wife because they came they came up and I'm like standing up, I'm, yeah, I'm freaking out, and I'm the only one. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We didn't, even, we didn't even get one, man. Yeah. Everybody was sitting down. Yeah. yeah. But you know, and then at the that, end of it, it has loosened up a little bit. We've been it? there recently, okay. and they did make a little room for a dance floor, and there's more standing yeah. room. So yeah, it's 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 a little bit different, but it's still almost yeah. like a lecture type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but then at the end, like 
we yeah. we finish up and we've got our stuff off the stage and we're just hanging out. We've we've all got a beer and we're hanging out at yeah. the merch table. And everybody is coming by and we they want to get yeah, yeah we love yeah, it. They want to buy a CD. They want mm-hmm. signatures. We want can we get a picture with you guys? Yeah, you absolutely. know, and everybody is so warm and happy and it's all smiles. Yeah. It's like. Man, I needed that. I need this right now that you're uh-huh. giving me at the merch table an hour ago. Yeah, right, there. right. There. Yep. That was fun. That was a good night. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul and Trey, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down and talk to me. Thanks for coming so, over, man. August 28th yep. is the Emerging, Emerging, Artist. Emerging Artist Show at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks. Folks, if you live in the Michiana area, Three Oaks is maybe 40 minutes away. Yep. Very easy to get to. You can go to Journeyman and do a couple there shots before the show. Journeyman. They make some really cool cocktails. My wife likes yeah, a couple vodka. of them. Monster. Yeah, and so they uh, and they've they've got a upstairs has a great restaurant, so you can get something to eat, go see the show, yep. or go see the show, get something to eat, whatever you want to do, go see the show. And if you see me there, obviously you've seen my picture enough times on the Facebook page. If you see me there, tell me you came because of the podcast, because yeah. I'd like to hear that. Well, thanks, guys, for Thank you. Thank sitting you. down thanks, and talking guys. to me. It was great getting to know yep. you. Yay! Yay! Everyone I know Well they got Two different faces For two different places And they can't hide it That's the truth And everyone I know They live out Two different lives It's wrong and it's right And they can't hide it Oh no Human nature got the better of me Yeah, I was blinded by temptation And I could not see Well, human nature got the better of me And I traded dollar signs and gold And most of my soul for my sanity You got the better of me And everyone knows well, That you, you can't always win And it's a shame and a sin When a good man goes bad And everyone knows The people can lose their way And the words that they say They don't make no sense at all Now human nature got the better of me Well I was flying so high I could not find a way around gravity The human nature got the better of me 
A hundred different ways and all of them failed Trying to feel free Now human nature got the better of me And the rain came down, yeah And I stood stubborn as a mule Refusing to move And my feet sank in the ground came through now And I found what it is That I want to do the better of me The man that's at your side and holding your hand It's the man I want to be Well human nature got the better of me Smiling face and that look in your eye is all I want to see Yeah human nature got the better of me Well, human nature got the better of me So human nature got the better of me With prices soaring at the pump, filling up can be stressful. That's why Discover has your back with Cashback. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target, now through June, on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with your Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.